Stepping out of your comfort zone is one of the hardest things to do, not just in sports, but in life. However, pushing ourselves to be uncomfortable and be in hard situations proves time and time again, I know for me personally, it proves time and time again that something good usually comes out of them. That's what we're talking about with Keenan Horn today. Keenan is a South African field hockey player and a lawyer. He has competed in the Olympics and he's currently playing professionally in France. Today, we get to talk to him about what it means to step out of your comfort zone as Christians in sport, and he gives excellent input into how he has used this to get to where he is today as an athlete and as a man. Now, as you listen today, my only hope is that you learn how and why you should be willing to step out of your comfort zone. I know for me personally, it is so difficult at times to take that leap of faith, uh, but I will say that almost every time that I do, something good is produced from that discomfort. This doesn't mean that you have to go halfway around the world to get uncomfortable. You can do this literally right where wherever you find yourself. Maybe it's helping somebody today, having a, a simple or difficult conversation with a person, or For athletes specifically, it could mean humbling yourself and seeking mental, physical, or spiritual help. That's why I think this topic is so important for everyone that listens to this, and I know you're going to learn something from this discussion with Keenan today, so let's get into it. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today we get to talk to Keenan Horn. Keenan, I am so honored to have you on today, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me, Ken. Yeah, I'm good, good. I mean, I'm talking to you, so that's a good day, no? <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great conversation. And yeah, like I said, I am honored to have an athlete and person like yourself on it. That's really, really cool. And, you know, we have a mutual friend in uh, Bruce Naden. Uh, I know you were on his podcast, so that's really cool. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been really cool just seeing, you know, starting to follow you through your athletic journey and so many things that you do. And I think I wanted to start off today with asking, how has your faith in Jesus impacted how you play sports and live your life? Sure. That's, that's a fully loaded question right there off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy, you know, like having a relationship with God and knowing your purpose to not put identity in the things that you do. So I don't like to be just known as a hockey player or a field hockey player or just like what I do in life as a lawyer or, you know, there's more to me than that. And I basically it. It keeps me grounded that what I do and what people celebrate doesn't define who I am. And I think that's the the biggest thing. Um, So it it keeps life into perspective. And then also, you know, when people say to do things like to get to the top, you have to sacrifice a lot. You have to do this. You have to wake up early. Like you are up this morning. Um, You know, it doesn't feel like sacrifice. It feels like things that you have to do. You know, it's part of who you are and your journey. So, yeah, I don't know how to round that up, but um, just it's just like living a life that you're not defined in 
in achievements, you know, defined in like your titles in work, in sport and all of that sort of thing. So it just keeps you just being another human being and that's the, the best thing you want to be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that is, that's so cool to see uh, that you are not only an Olympic athlete, you are a professional athlete. You've been in so many different championships and cups and also you're a lawyer. You just got engaged. There's so many great things there. How do you balance all of this stuff? <laughs> I wish I knew to, you know, tell my fiance. <laughs> she also wants to know. <laughs> no, um, yeah, like, you know, if it's for you, things will just fall into place. Um, as I, I mentioned, the sacrifices, and it, it ends up not being sacrifices, it's just being disciplined in what you need to do. I think discipline is the, the biggest thing, you know. I grew up um, to participating in various sports, every day of the week, whether it's tennis, um, cricket, I know you guys have played cricket in the US, um, doing athletics, rugby, um, you know, playing field hockey, and then trying to play the guitar, the piano, doing all these things. So I've just been used to being so busy. Um, of course, you also have to be comfortable with the fact that there's a season for everything. You know, and that's one of the hardest, hardest things is that you know, God created seasons for, you know, one area of your, your life is going to thrive and another one is just like on autopilot. And you have to be comfortable with that because if you're so used to juggling everything, you want your stove to be hot on every plate, but sometimes you can't and you just have to reflect enough to know which season you're in, you know. And I think it just comes with your faith and your trust in, in what you're doing and your trust in God. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. That's a good analogy. I like, you know, having a a hot plate on every stove uh, or uh, having each one of them hot because that's that's a really great analogy for everything that you're involved in and Keenan how did you choose field hockey you, you mentioned all of these activities that you did growing up what stuck out to field hockey that you wanted to participate in long term uh, to, to be fair like it's um I wanted to play rugby to be honest I was oh, just yeah. too small you know growing <laughs> up. <laughs> but I yeah I started excelling in 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 uh, field hockey but just in sports in general I used to watch the South African uh, sports teams, whether it be rugby, them winning the World Cup, or, you know, the cricket teams. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Andre Agassi growing up playing tennis, um, you know. So I knew I wanted to be like a professional and a national athlete playing on the biggest stages. Um, but hockey was the one where I just had my major breakthrough, you know. And um, like, I'm a guy who I'm going to try and be the best in everything I do. So I've just pushed it and I was being, you know, I was being able to see like a future. Um, and looking back at it, you know, field hockey is, is amateur in a lot of countries. Um, so you don't get paid to play your sport. Um, and there's a part of me that like, you know, you're playing amateur sport, you don't get paid. So you hate like with all the sacrifice. But at the same breath, like sometimes, you know, those things change people. So you know, being like professional, being paid millions of dollars and all those things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I never once thought that was never a motivation for me. It was just, um, you know, pushing boundaries and coming from my community, um, which is in South Africa, it's a, it's a, like a former disadvantaged area. So there weren't a lot of like opportunities coming out of there, but my parents sacrificed a lot. So for me to be, you know, to sort of pave the way and be a beacon for other people. This is why I do what I do, you know. Um, whether that's through hockey or through any other sport, I'm just grateful to to do it. But 
hockey itself is amazing. It's super fast. You have to be super athletic. Um, you know, it's just like it goes by in an instant. And you get to do so, such various different training. You know, it's quite cool. Like now it's summer in Europe. So like I'm playing tennis, playing squash. So you can imagine the quick feet that you're having to do in all those things helps me in my sport. Where I, I don't have to be that specific all the time when it comes to training because I can use a little bit bits of everything, you know, for, for my game. Do you do you know what a pickleball is? Because this that is becoming a, a big game in um in America. It was just weird. Have you ever heard of that? No, but you have to introduce me. I'm I'm curious. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> it's it's basically like shrunken tennis. So it's it's very it's a very cool game. Um, it's very fun, and anybody can play too. So it's pretty cool. Um, but Keenan. I, I really wanted to ask you before we get into our topic today, obviously, of being outside of your comfort zone, what was the sports culture in South Africa like and where you grew up like? And I, I know I've talked to different people from South Africa, actually, like like uh, Bruce. Uh, and from your perspective, how did you tie in your faith to, to sports and everything that you did? Um, yeah, um, sports is like one of the biggest things in South Africa, I mean, it, it really shapes like the social economy of, of the country, you know, when the sports teams are doing well, um, everyone's happy, um, everyone's happy and the country's, you know, ecstatic and life just seems easier. So, you know, we went through our apartheid phase um, coming out of post-isolation, you know, with winning the, the Rugby World Cup in 1995. And that was sort of a beacon of, you know, how sport can unite a nation. And you know that those words of Nelson Mandela echo throughout history. Um, so, you know, coming from my background, I always felt like I wanted to be a guy who also breaks barriers. You know, why can't I be that person? You know, I was born for more. I always had this feeling. Um, but to to round back, um, it's, you know, when you're young, you don't grow up thinking like I'm going to try and influence millions of people to play sport or win souls through through playing hockey um but i was very lucky because i had a good um background with my relationship with god through my parents so they introduced us when we were quite young to you know the relationship with god and like, you know whether we're going on a, a road trip or something my dad always used to pray for us before we go as a family so it was ingrained inside of me the the, the real question that you're asking is actually how did i translate that to sport i i didn't really no growing up but what i did know when i went away for tournaments i had an aunt who used to give me scriptures to read before playing you know so i mean i had like they bought me a bible when i was 15 my first bible and i just collected all these prayers in this bible for every tour that i went on or go back at it and sometimes i see that some of those sayings or verses are for what's happening now or for you know not never for in the moment but that just became a routine you know and through my sport being on tours away from home it was like a slow down phase because all you're doing is playing hockey and that was a time I felt closer to God because I spent more time in his presence asking for strength you know for trainings strength for selection type of you know if you at selection camps and uh, to give me the strength to to you know give some favor um you know and I was feeling stronger in my faith when I was on tour than when I was away from tour. Because when you're in the normal world, you're so distracted by everything. Um, 
And it's only later on that I that I really thought like, how do I use that to broaden my sort of my reach and my scope and not just think about the me, you know? And with COVID, I had a lot of time to think. I always knew that I needed to do something big, um, but I didn't know what that looked like because the, one of the most frustrating things is not knowing your purpose. You know, it's the hardest thing ever. And, um, you know, during COVID, I had a lot of time to think. I did a lot of Bible studies. Um, and, and that was just the perfect moment to have a slowdown of life and, you know, recalibrate. Um, and that's when I actually realized, like, you know, what I'm doing is is not just for me. You know, if I become an Olympian, it's not for Keenan Horn. It's because what I do, other people's blessings might be wrapped in that, you know. Um, and that's the way I'm going about things now without saying too much. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so I don't know if that answered your question. Um, but that's how I went from leaning on God for myself in my younger sporting career to actually realizing what I'm doing is is not just for me. It's for, for other kids that are growing up in similar situations, whether that be sport or education, um, you know, which is not always the best thing in, in South Africa um, because of the disadvantaged communities. But And I think that's partly why I'm also able to put my hand in various uh spheres of, of life, you know, not to be, just be uh, grouped into sport, you know. And I know in, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in American culture, I have noticed, you know, doing interviews with different people from different countries and different cultures, there's a lot of similarities when you, when you're an athlete growing up. And like you said, like you mentioned, it can really consume you if you, if you let it. And I thought that was really cool that, you know, you felt more connected to God when you were on tour than you were not. How How is this possible? Because I, I know you said, you know, um, your aunt wrote you prayers and, you know, scriptures and verses like that. How are you able to just prioritize that even when you were playing? Because it, I'm sure it was so difficult sometimes, you know, because you're playing all, all day sometimes. Yeah, um, you know, then it comes to another another part where um, you, you almost become so over-reliant on, on when you're playing on like these scriptures and these words that you forget to play on instinct because now you're questioning like, God, like why are you not helping me here or you're not helping me there? And I actually, during COVID time, again, I actually read Joyce Meyer's book, Battlefield of the Mind. And um, you realize you become so outcome focused. You know, your mind is outcome based of, you know, instead of being in the moment. Um, and, I, and I say that it was easier when I was on tour because when you're away from tour, you're juggling life, social things, you know, spending time with your family, whether it's a girlfriend, training. You're just like going from one thing to the next where when you're on tour, yeah, you're with a lot of guys, but you spend a lot of time with your feet up. You know, you spend resting in between sessions so you can really dig in whether that's now amazing with guys like yourself who are creating podcasts. So I can sit on the bus and listen to a podcast, you know, and connect to that. I can sit in my room and, and read the Bible. So there's now different avenues of, or, or there's different material at least to use to keep things fresh, you know. Um, even in the mornings, you could wake up earlier than everyone, take a walk, listen to a podcast. Um, that's pretty nice because you're having a nice coffee or listening and you're just starting your day off, off right. 
Um, so I think the, the the next challenge that I had was was not thinking too much about when I'm in the moment of playing of like being good enough for God or where is God or is he answering my prayers to trusting that my instinctive behavior is still controlled through the Spirit's uh, guidance. You know, I don't need to keep looking, looking, looking. And that's that's where maybe I showed a lack of faith in terms of like, you know, in the Bible, they prayed, but you didn't hear them say, okay, Jesus prayed again for the same thing. And then Jesus prayed again for the same thing. You know, he prayed once, he laid hands, prayed once, spoke words, you know? So you, like to build that level of confidence, it's, it's hard, it's challenging as an athlete because sometimes you don't understand. And athletes are like, it's a lot different to being in a work office or something like that because you know, like it's it's about constant performance. It's about, you know, pressure. There's, you know, there's only a limited amount of people that can that can be on the field or people want to take your place. So there's, the pressure is higher. And that's why you become sometimes more desperate. And it's about finding that balance. And, you know, in your journey, you grow secure and it's different for individual sports to team sports. And, oh man, it's such a complex thing. I don't know if I'm even answering your question, but <laughs> all I can say is there's a lot of self-reflection that you have to do. Um, mm. Because without self-reflection, you don't know where you are. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. That's a great answer, and uh, that's it's so important to just have your priorities set even before you step on the field, before you step on any anywhere in your job, in your uh, relationships. Just having that um, comfort and that rest in Jesus is so important. And I love what you said. There's so many great resources now for for athletes, for Christians. And, you know, it's, we probably have more resources now than we have ever had ever in this world. And Keenan, something that we talked about previously is stepping out of our comfort zone. And I, I really wanted to focus on that today because, uh, first of all, you said that this is, this has been a really big part of your life. How has this affected your life and your walk as a Christian in sports? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like I always viewed myself as like a sort of a pioneer of my family. Like I always wanted to do things that others didn't to show that it can be done, um, if that makes sense. So where the culture back home was um, from the mixed race people, they were like, you know, you got the African blacks, you get the coloreds and the whites in South Africa. And during the ISIL or the but at the time, there was the segregation of the universities that people could attend. So from, like, young, like, you know, my parents, they both, and my older brothers went to, like, a predominantly, like, mixed-race university or so-called colored university, um, where I got, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship at one of the better sporting universities, Stellenbosch University, um, and I boarded there. So I was, again, the first, one of the first ones to board in the family, like, away from home, even though it was just, like, 40, 25, 30 minutes away, I still stayed on campus. Um, but that's what I always wanted to do. You know, I, I played in Manchester, played in London, uh, stayed there for a little bit. Um, but the hardest has definitely been the move to France this year. This year has been the most challenging, partly because, like, you're out of your comfort zone with language. You know, you... Like, I've just started building such a, like, a f or feeling planted at a church in South Africa. Um, because, you know, during the COVID time and stretching over that, you spent a lot of time at home. 
So you, like as an athlete, you're always moving and traveling. And so to have a consistency was amazing, you know, to feel planted in an area. Um, so then coming over here was probably the, the hardest thing. And you know, but when you make these decisions, you you always have the view that like, this is the next step in my career. You know, this is the next, this is like God has placed this on my heart, you're feeling confident. But what do you do when things don't work out how you envisioned? And and personally, like I've had many uh, days where I'm questioning whether this is the right thing, um, if it was the right decision. Of course, it's been six months that I've been in Paris now, so like feeling a lot more settled. Um, but I moved for hockey and for work reasons. So there was a double-edged sword there. You know, I needed to, to find a balance. And, you know, if I told you what has been going on on this side, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I was always under the impression, and there's an old saying, and I don't know how loosely we use the term, but you grow outside of your comfort zone. You know, and when you speak about sport, that can be very small saying growing out of your comfort zone but when we speak about life how big is that bowl you know what i mean um so when you make you know so not just for sporting um people listening to this but you know being out of your comfort zone you you meant to have that growth but what does it look like if you're not feeling like you're growing you know what does it look like if you just feel like things are are, are going wrong all the time and that's something that i've i've had to you know, constantly, like, you know, deal with that I'm still here for the right reasons. I'm still here because this is, you know, if it was easy, anyone would do it. You've started, like, talking these things, like, you know, where I've started reading the, like, a lot of the New Testament recently and, like, with Acts, the book of Acts and, like, how the disciples had to go out um, before, you know, when Christ um, rose up to, to the right hand of God. And it's like nothing was easy for them either, but they knew what they, they needed to do. And, and like, that's the type of mindset I'm having, even though sometimes you feel so alone um, or no one understands. But what comes with that being out of your comfort zone is you, social media becomes terrible because now you're looking to your left and you're looking to your right because you feel like things aren't going well. So you're seeing other people having a great time, seeing this one's thriving. So now you get to the point of like you're outside of your comfort zone, so you're not you you cannot see any good that's happening. But now you're also in the zone of comparison because you you're saying what if I did this, what if I did that, and you can only know if the what ifs are better if you're comparing it to what someone is doing, you know. Um, so you go through this spiral, and I, and I found something very interesting on it. Um, the last chapter of of John, the very end of the the, the chapter. Um, I think it was Peter asked Christ like about uh, before Christ goes goes up, he, he asked him why. Um, what he asked, what about him, the disciple that that um, that betrayed Christ at the dinner? He, he asked him, so what about him? You know, if we're all going out, and and Christ just said, what is it to you if he lives or dies? And that just reminded me again that. You know, stop focusing on on things and what's happening around you, but focus on on you and your relationship. Because what is it to you if that is happening to someone else? What is it to you if if these things in the world are going wrong? You know, focus on what you can control. 
and that's your relationship that should be your center you know and then the other side of that is you ask yourself when Christ was on the boat with the disciples after preaching and there was a storm I don't know if you you remember the story when there was a storm and so if if Jesus could like stop he didn't even need that storm to happen but why was there a storm you know um, that's just blows your mind is like you know there didn't have to be a storm on the boat the disciples didn't have to be scared but again you wanted to just show like how often we can our minds can can go into a spiral or worry or fear or doubt you know and that's the opposite of faith you know fear doubt those are the opposite of faith if you keep your 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 mind on on who brought you there to where you are and not what brought you there it's easier you know the, the who is better than what you are what you are trying to gain what you are looking for because it's if you take away from yourself and look at who who brought you there it can put things into perspective very quickly and you can sort of have a reset you know without starting from begin you know you can start right where you are because you've already made the massive leap of going out of your comfort zone that the nice thing about Going out of your comfort zone, you can always look at it as a clean slate. You know, whether you have a bad experience there or not, you can always just rip the canvas off and say, start a new painting. Because you already started painting. You know, you decide what it looks like. Now, yeah, that's that's a fantastic answer. And I love that you brought up Jesus and the disciples because the disciples, I mean, it seems like all throughout Jesus' ministry were just uncomfortable. Like the disciples never found comfort, but Jesus was always the same. He always seemed so comfortable and so present in where he was. And I, I think that uh, that definitely applies to, to us as, as his followers because we're going to be out of our comfort zone, hopefully uh, a lot, because being out of your comfort zone leads to growth and so many positive things. But at the same time, Jesus never changes. He he he'll, He's the same whether you're in your comfort zone or out of your comfort zone. So I, I think you hit on a really great point there. Yeah, that's, that's power. I actually never, well, we forget about that, that he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's so hard to, to remain present all the time, you know, because the world is now built to distract us, to make us think about tomorrow, to make us think about this and that. And, you know, I always say if you could live back in the day when the only thing you have to worry about is the next 10 minutes of your life, it'd be easy. But we're so, like, we are so distracted all the time that we forget to, to be present. Because as you're sitting here now, you could be thinking about tomorrow's meetings or tomorrow's this or tomorrow that, you know. Um, but, yeah, as you say, he's always present. He's always there. And it just takes a different level of faith to just remain calm. And, and you know, that's not to say that you're not allowed to be angry. Right. You know, you're not allowed to be sad because we are still human beings. Um, and like Proverbs says, I think it's Proverbs really, there's a time to be to be sad, there's a time to weep and, and, and all those things. So you must never dismiss the human element of it, of feeling. But again, and that's about bringing that back to, to you know, like why are you there? You know, it's it's okay to feel the, those things, but as and as you say, like the, being the comfort and the, the, the uncomfortable areas, um, Christ is the same. And you know, 
do you see yourself doing something extraordinary when you're comfortable? Because you only think about what you know. You know, you think you think about you think in the box, but when you're uncomfortable, you're able to do things that you never even thought of. And maybe that's why we're pushed sometimes, you know, to do those things which which we don't deem supernatural, but you know, it's it's something that we never foresaw. We break our own barriers in terms of what is possible for ourselves. Mm, yeah, that's that's so true. And Keenan, what has been one of the most uncomfortable situations you've been in? Because you've been at the Olympics, you've been an attorney, you've been a professional athlete, and so much more. What was one thing that really stuck out to you, and you really had to rely on God through that uncomfortable situation? I was part of a team where, I won't mention the team, but there were a lot of internal issues, you know? And I think it was a there was a lot of frustration from various squad members regarding regarding the way forward of the team, whether they're happy with the staff and what's being laid out for us. And and I like I was of the view that, you know, we're so far in that like we just need to stick it out, you know, trying to be make the best of the situation. And um how I, I almost got blindsided in a way, um by by teammates. Um, not that I dislike anyone, it was just, um, you know, that's the nature of, of people, you know, uncomfortable situations, ISIS environments, it's going to be like that. But I really felt tested in terms of, like, I broke down to the point where it's like, like, am I doing what I need to be done? Am I not doing what God wants me to do? Like, has this all been made up in my head what I'm doing? It really questioned my journey, you know? That was the one of the, the hardest, hardest moments of just being uncomfortable in the team environment where, um, like, not I can say my integrity was questioned, maybe. You can put it like that. Um, and that was tough because you always think you're putting your best foot forward. You know, you always think you're doing what's for the betterment of the team or the goals that you've set out. And... Um, I don't know if that has hardened my heart to be more protective of myself or made me more vulnerable or I don't know what it's done yet. And I'm still like not working through that, but I'm still um, conscious of the growth in that area that I need um, of being uncomfortable in in that situation again. But the the thing that that brought me out is probably again, um, like I have my journal and like I documented a lot of... um, Joyce Myers' Battlefield of the Mind nuggets in there. Like, you know, there was chapters on don't give up, um, little by little, be positive. And those those are the things that that, that got me through. Um, and one of the one of the biggest things is I can't remember the, the, the scripture right now, but the little by little part in Joyce Myers' book, they mentioned that um, you know, God doesn't change everything all at once. You know, like if there's beasts in the field, it doesn't destroy all the beasts because then you become arrogant. You know, everything just happened like this. So, you know, the, you have to understand that things happen process by process so you can develop, so you can be conscious and you don't grow complacent. Um, and sometimes we become complacent and sometimes we become overconfident, borderline arrogant in our areas because we want to take too much too quickly. 
without actually being present again of where you are and the impact you can have. Um, so I think that's, yeah, that, that was the, the biggest moment for me is, um, like I always say, be, like if people ask me what is whatever I learned from captaining my country or being the vice captain, and I say like, is getting a while a well-oiled machine working together. That's one of the hardest things, you know. Um, so what happens when you're in the center and you feel like that machine is breaking down? That's that's where I was. Instead of saying I've learned, like I know as a leader, you need to bring all these people together, but yet it feels like totally doing the opposite. You know, that's the way I was to put it into perspective, and I I didn't know what to do. Um, and then I had to go play matches afterwards, and you know, but. So there's a yeah sport, you gotta hate to love it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but for me, like and as a, as I started with saying, like sport doesn't define who I am. So I always think back to like, if I'm going through a challenge, I'm like, why am I going through this challenge? What is being what is being questioned? Like, I haven't had a challenge in my leadership for three years. You know, I've been pitching up. I've been doing what I needed to do. This is maybe the thing that I need to take the next step my leadership like what does it look like you know so you you get tested in areas where you where growth needs to to you know to come so that's how i view challenges sometimes you question like because sometimes you're in a season for too long and that's you need to be able to distinguish that you know whether it's a challenge for season or you you you're still living in the in the wrong season you know and so it's yeah it's if there was a, if the Bible was easy, you know, everyone would <laughs> be living in full abundance, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard uh, a lot of the time. And Keenan, I wanted to ask you one more question before I let you go today. I think I know the answer, um, but do you think you'd be where you're at today without taking leaps of faith in Jesus? It's, it's weird. Like you said, you know the answer, but I don't even know the answer. I know the answer is, <laughs> I know the answer is no, I wouldn't be. Right. Where I am today. But the reason why I say I don't know is because I don't know what it looks like if I don't have him in my life. If that makes sense. I, I, I don't know a life before him. So I don't know a life without him. And as I said, like, it's thanks to my parents with um, the way they raised me. And, and, you know, South Africa is at least one of the countries where they recognize, like, the, the different faiths. You know, unfortunately, being in France, it's like a very secular country where they don't really recognize every single thing, you know, that got to do with Christianity. Um, so I think it's due to the way I was raised and I can only be thankful for, for my parents. But I can tell you one thing is that sport has brought me closer. You know, sport has really been a beacon of like, I, I can look at it and say, that's where Christ's hand was, you know, in terms of you know, but maybe it's because I put more emphasis on sport now. Maybe in a couple of years, I'll put more emphasis on the fact that like, I was able to become an attorney, work in France at a, at a U.S. law firm. Um, I'm actually working at an American law firm. So, wow. uh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Keenan, I, I really can't thank you enough for coming on today. This conversation was unbelievable. And just having an athlete and a man like yourself was just incredible. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for, for having me. It's been awesome. Um, I can always get excited talking about these things. I feel like I don't have enough conversations um, <laughs> because I've learned so much from you, just from your questions, a different way of thinking. Um, you know, we're not taking the metro home. 
I promise you I'm going to be listening to all the previous podcasts. I look forward to it. Um, but thanks for doing what you do. Awesome. Well, for all the listeners out there, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It means so much to us more than you know. If you don't get anything else from this episode, just remember this. Jesus loves you and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you all next time.